but out. Hmm. Well, I don't respect that. But anyway, let's start the let's start the podcast. Hey, thanks hey. to whoever that company was that wow. just advertised. I love their product, and I love their product in French too. If that's what you guys heard, use promo code Kian and Brad uh, at checkout to get a big discount, big fucking discount. For use you. promo code. I'm gonna fucking do it. We uh, went over. We went down to the office of whatever company that was. We said, hey. Our listeners need a fucking discount, bitch. And the guy in the suit, he was so scared of us that he was like, sure, man. Um, which listeners? So you got to message us, and then we'll message them. Yeah, email us your phone number, yeah. and then they'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what movie did we watch this week? Uh, this week we watched The Breakfast Club, a movie about having long hair, being sick, and chilling. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, it's also about, like, um, overcoming stereotypes and you about how... that's what it's about? Yeah, and about how everyone's got shit going on. Hey, Kian, does Barry Manilow know you stole his podcast idea? I'll fucking kill you. If you first, you gotta tell me who Barry Manilow is. Well, I was... That's just a line from the movie. I, I know it was a line from the movie. I just, like, forgot to check who Barry Manilow was. Yeah, I don't get jokes that were made before 2007. Jokes before then so all nothing suck. Nothing in this honestly. whole movie worked for me. I took this whole movie serious the entire time. You know I what? I don't know if it was supposed to be a comedy or not. I mean, kind of. Well, that's partly what I liked about this movie is that it wasn't like a comedy first, but like there were some very funny lines in this. Yeah. Um, I really liked during like the opening montage of the movie. It was just like shots of the school and like while they were doing like the credits or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there was like one shot of the of graffiti carved into a desk and it was just like, I don't like Mondays. (laughs) And the idea of like taking a soft stance on Mondays is just (laughs) like pretty funny. "Ah, They're not really for me. I can see how somebody else might like them, but you know, I don't. I don't love Mondays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, man, I gotta. I don't feel very strongly about Mondays either way. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Monday? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) To me, Monday means opportunity. Um, Yeah. Um, I I think it's really funny, like, the disproportional insults in this movie. Well, yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) dude, it was just like, because I wrote down in my notes as that happened. What was it like? Fucking let me check here. He was like, yeah, he, uh, Emilio Estevez calls uh, Bender a fucking butthead and then like a uh, dumbass. And then just all of a sudden the fucking the other F word just fucking dropped it hard on him. Oh, I thought it was in the opposite order. No, it was like the two. It was the two weak ass fucking, you know, when my fucking, you know, elementary slurs. He was like, you're a dumb head. You can you fart breath. Hey, you fucking... And <laughs> hey, you slur. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's just the 80s. Everyone was not funny and racist. Or, you know, homophobic. And that was uh, what humor was. I guess. I mean, it makes a lot more sense that it ramps up. You know, I, I still, uh, as, a, as a progressive guy, I was still, uh, you know, if someone said that in front of me, I would, uh, I would, change, I would change their attitude. Yeah? Yeah. yeah you know you change someone's attitude same way you change a tire with a big fucking piece of metal oh yeah that's cops are gonna visit you again 
Dude, my new bit, speaking of that, by the way, I wanted to tell you this before the podcast, but I've noticed that a new thing I've been doing subconsciously is seeing how close I can get to uttering threats online before they do it again. So uh, I got to ramp it up because last last episode I said uh, I will. Anyway, I, I said this is a threat after the threat that I said. So yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do this episode. I think I've also made some pretty clear threats on this podcast before. And honestly, the fact that nobody's followed up on them uh, either means that like a nobody respects us or B, we got to up our listener base fast or C they're scared of us oh i like c yeah <laughs> let's go with that one yeah yeah let's pick that one to believe <laughs> blindly i choose c thank you officer um hey what if- i think this is the ulysses of movies you ever read that book no and i know you haven't either so tell me what you think well i bought it and that's <laughs> for sure um well because it takes place over one day Oh, I didn't know that about Ulysses. Okay, you were saying it's the Ulysses of movies because it takes place over one day and not because it is based on Ulysses? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was saying. It's a, that's a, it's like sort of an allegory for Ulysses in that way. Okay. What did you think of all the uh, relationships between... Or, like, what did you think of the characters in this movie? Because um, I had some mixed feelings. At least the first time I watched this, I had some mixed feelings about them. I thought they were uh, exactly the same as I am. Fake as hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought they were all like pre- uh, just pretty fake and all thinking the other ones were the only ones being fake. What do you think? I also, yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, I think that's like a pretty relatable high school feeling now. Yeah, I wonder when it'll go away for me. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what I do on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It felt, uh, it felt uh, I don't know. That, I think that's just what young people do. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like, the point of this whole movie is to kind of show you that, like, oh, look, everybody's lives are as complex and, you know, sometimes as difficult as yours. Do you think that the movie, like, succeeded in trying to communicate that point? I mean, yeah, to an extent, right? Like, there's a, the one, what's the one fucking, the one girl who's, like, uh, like acting like a complete basket case because people don't pay attention to her? Like, I don't, I feel like s- these problems weren't proportional to each other, like, all of them. I just, yeah, yes. Like, I, I agree with the statement that everybody has shit going on, but I think that uh, at least if you're doing a modern-day remake, you gotta, like... You got to rank the shit at some point. I mean, yeah, I normally, yes, a, I would agree a with you. Put out on your artery is a lot different than like your dad not wanting to hang that. I Me mean, my dad didn't hang. You know what I mean? And what I'm are fine. You, I'm, I say that I'm fine <laughs> right now. <laughs> I hear you. And normally, yes, I would agree if this movie wasn't about high schoolers, because that's kind of like the thing with. Um, you know, being in high school and like being a young person in general is that you have no fucking baseline for what a valid problem is. That's a good something point. happens to you and you're like, wow, like literally you could have a girl break up with you. You could have, you know, something you, you, you could have your dad yell at you and take away your fucking iPod touch and be like, this is literally the worst thing that's ever happened to me because it could be, you that's know, a good point. and you like it, any perspective, you have no perspective. So like, you know, a fucking dad who doesn't want to hang with you or like, your parents putting a lot of pressure on you to succeed in school. Uh, 
is in the minds of these kids like that affects you each of them as much as if their dad were to like fucking put a cigar out on their arm like they did to uh bender in this movie i don't understand like or no not uh, don't understand but like i feel like we should be trying to give kids perspective younger because like how is it possible that everybody in the world or at least everybody that i have ever met grew up to being like at least 18 18 youngest thinking like their shit is the worst shit in the entire world I have no idea. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I, like, I don't get why everyone tries to hide their kids from how bad the world is. That's the thing. It's like a weird kind of combination of like parents trying to like shelter their kids and then also parents not like willing to take their problems seriously. And then you (laughs) just have like a very weird combination of kids like going crazy over nothing because like that's all they've been exposed to. And they also don't know how to deal with it because their parents keep downplaying their problems. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, that's kind of a weird thing that I had to. I think that's what turns people into their parents. Right. Because they have like. Like they have no other like way to um, relate to the world other than through their what their parents already know because everybody or at least a lot of people are so fucking sheltered yeah i think a large part of it is that i mean i also the other thing like uh, this movie isn't about people who like are going through a, a big like hard strife struggle you know what i mean it's about like regular growing up shit that's true but i would also say that that shit is also a bit of a fucking struggle I mean, like, high school, we've talked about it on the show before. High school is just such a weird time to be a person where, like, nobody respects you, but you're going through, like, fucking real adult problems, and you're going to fucking, you know, there's some people who fucking snap. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can can say objectively, like, the shit that, uh, I forget the character's name, but, like, the nerd in this movie played by Anthony Michael Hall, like, the blonde guy. Yeah. Like... His parents just put, uh, you know, pressure on him to do well in school and succeed and all that stuff. He tried to kill himself because of it. Like, he wasn't successful. He tried to do it with a flare gun or whatever. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's these still have, like, very real consequences, and they can definitely, like, boil over into some fucking real shit. That's true. And I do remember, like, I do remember, like, feeling this exact way, like, freaking out about getting a 79 because my dad said the rules were 80s or whatever, yeah. you know? But, uh... I wish I hadn't done that at the time. And I think there's a way to raise people to where they don't, like, fucking lose it about everything. I think there is, too. And I also just don't know what the way to do that is. Because I only got to that point because I would see, like, my parents, specifically uh, my mom, going off. Like, oh, you only got a 70 Because the rule is also 80 in my household, too. Yeah. And uh, so, like, oh, you get a 70. And my mom would freak out and yell at me and yell at me. And then she would be like, I don't understand why you're not more mad about this. And it's like, well, like, what's that going to do for me? Yeah. You know, like I just it was hard for me because like I only got to that point because I could see my fucking parents freaking out about it and losing their minds. But like for your parents to be doing that and then see you acting chill is just that should fucking rouse them up more. So like, I don't know. It's so stressful being in that environment. That's true. Uh, My point about like the thing I said, uh, not the last thing, but two things ago is like, I just think more kids should see squalor. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because, uh, yeah, I think, like, 
Especially because this is like a suburb. I didn't mean it's not a struggle. Like they're not going through struggles. I just mean this is like a suburban idea of going through. Oh, totally. And I mean, like I grew up in the suburbs. So that's why I relate to these struggles so much. Yeah. I mean, like this was just Sherwood Park as hell. Like I feel like exactly everybody should just be driven to like a bad place and have to like get home. Yeah. I don't know. You should go to Winnipeg and like crash on a stranger's couch a couple times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, like, you're right. People learn should about fucking... what it's like to be chased. <laughs> yeah. I mean, t- people should just like deal with some more shit. Because, I mean, like, they tried to get us to do that at school to, like, a very, like, I remember they took us on a field trip to, like, Boyle Street, like the soup kitchen one time. Yeah. And it's just, I didn't learn anything. I just laughed at homeless people for an hour because it wasn't, like, real enough. I guess that's a, that might be an, a point, too, though, is, like, are you even capable of, like, r- understanding that, like, uh, like, are you capable of understanding perspective getting shown to you when you are uh, in the, like, teenager mindset? You know what I mean? I mean, that's a good question because, like, did you ever have, like, guest speakers come to your school? All and the like, time, yeah. I remember distinctly there was, there was like some guy being like, I did heroin, and we're like, oh, well, you fucking sold out now, didn't you? <laughs> Look at you, you're at a school telling us not to do heroin. Yeah, now you're giving a talk to kids. Does that is that really better than doing heroin? Listen, I was raised to give my word and stick to it. haven't you heard of something about not giving up before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just told me to not give up. Yeah. And now you're saying you quit? Yeah. I'm sorry, hypocrite. I used to just stare at the the spokesman for not doing drugs like I was Jim from The Office. Like, I just fucking knew something. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you're, like, that's the point is, like, I never, I didn't understand that that was, like, a real thing to not, like, bully a guy about until, uh, you know. May arguably not even now. Yeah. I might still... I don't know how I would act if I had to sit through one of those fucking assemblies right now. Oh, I, I don't think I could react well to it. Because honestly, I mean, like, whenever I reach or hear shit like that where somebody's, like, trying to prove a point, I always go back to, okay, but who the fuck are you? Like, I can't listen to anything unless I respect the person giving me that information. And I have for quite some time. So I like I don't know if those type of things would connect with me even still, but like I think that a, if I was put in like some sort of real situation, like you were saying before, as a joke, like where you had to survive or do something, see, I don't like I don't know what it would be, but I also think that the way that people are trying to connect with kids is just like so fucking not conducive to way the way kids are. Yeah, I've never also, learned any. You can't tell me math, let alone tell me how to feel about the world. Yeah, and like I, you know. I don't remember this all the time, but I try to remember it as much as I can. But I feel like the only reason I learned at all ever that my shit is, like, not the worst shit ever is, like, once I, you know, moved out and started being around some shit. I mean, me too. Like, the only time I got any real perspective as to how uh, good and, you know, fortunate I was to uh, have the situation I did growing up was when I started working in kitchens. And I started, like you know interacting with people who are going to make like <clears throat> they make 10 to 15,000 a year and that's what they're going to make until they die and like yeah. meeting people who had fully come to terms with like that really fucking you know 
woke I mean, me up. I would literally still think punching down was the funniest possible thing you could do if and le- like if I hadn't um tanked my own life. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. Do you think that you tanking your own life was a response to how easy you had everything? Yeah, definitely on yes. some level. It was also it wasn't only that, it was a response to a bunch of other different shit, but it you could probably boil most of it down to that. Cuz that was always I always felt like a very distinct guilt for not or for having like such an easy life growing up. I don't know if I felt a guilt, but I was aware that the sh- like I was aware that Sherwood Park was not real life. Yeah, definitely. And that always pissed me off. That's why I wanted to leave as fast as I could. Me too. And uh but also tanking my own life was like I was trying to be rebellious too and I was being a little angsty like teen as well. Like it's not all like an enlightened thing. No, definitely not. I mean like I think it was the same for me as well. Like I mean I decided to move out like as my dad was catching me for smoking weed, he was like, why do you keep doing this? And I'm like, kick me out of your house. Yeah. My and then parents, I just moved out. My parents caught me smoking an apple pipe out the window of my bedroom. <laughs> and then I was like, this is unsalvageable. <laughs> <laughs> with a barbecue lighter. <laughs> Man, I hated watching you smoke with a barbecue lighter. Buddy, there's nothing that looks funnier than smoking with a barbecue lighter, especially <laughs> when you're using an apple pipe. <laughs> You've got, like, no none of the right tools for this. So uh, how fucking old was Bender in this movie? Yeah, I don't know. What 30? do you think? I mean, the actor was 26. He looks good for 26. He does look good for 26. Also way too old for high school at the same time. Like, he had literal, he had gray in his hair. Didn't the other guys... The only guy who looked high school age to me was the fucking um, nerd guy. I think he was high school age. Molly Ringwald was 16. And then Emilio Estevez was like 22. And I think Ali Sheedy who played the weird girl, was also, like, early 20s. You know what I... Every time there's a movie with a weird girl in it, they never, like, explore... They never, like, look into the weird girl. Man, I... She was such, like, an underdeveloped character, and I feel like her resolution at the end of the movie was, like, pretty fucking unsatisfying compared to, like... I didn't like the way her story ended because it ended with her completely changing who she was. I was gonna (laughs) say, like, that was all she had to do? Change every single thing about her? Like, this whole shit the whole time was, like, be yourself, you're valid as hell, and then the, like, last thing is, like, the only weird one is now normal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, and it's like bro like man her style wise very ahead of her time yeah sure but like nobody would like this movie if fucking bender got a haircut at the end no you're right we'd all be pissed off they all change everything each of them changes everything about themselves and they go home with different haircuts and outfits like that's fucked or even just the one guy that's the like her analog or whatever like people would be pissed about that i think Totally. It's weird that, like, that's just, like, how they wrapped up her arc. And also, it's a shame, because I'm in love with her. I mean, yeah. I think we all were. All of us watching it in 2021. That's who we like, the deep, dark, brooding lady. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, just on a personal level, I want to know, you know, I want to meet with the director. I want him to explain to me what happened to her. You ever seen The Fault in Our Stars? Yep. 
Yeah, I want to do no, that. No, I haven't. I sorry, I lied. So, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I go, pulled these, the wool over your eyes. All right. Well, they, these two like hot cancer patients go to Germany to talk to their favorite author and ask him what happened after the story ended, like the book that they like. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I want to do with the director of Breakfast Club, specifically regarding uh, this girl's life. Well, he died in 2009, so good luck. All right. Well, the guy can wish. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's like, I, I feel like what makes that even more glaringly like a problem is that they really fucking delve into the character of everybody else. Yeah. It, especially like, cause the whole point of the movie is like, you know, not everyone's a stereotype. And when I first, uh, cause like I had seen this movie a long time ago and I really, really liked it. But when I, I was watching it again for the first time, uh, yesterday, um, I was like halfway through and I was like, man, does this movie suck actually? Like are, are all these characters bad? Because they're yeah. very stereotypical for the first. I kept flip-flopping on that too. Like I kept I have a uh, half my notes are fuck these characters being fake losers and the other half is like, uh, I guess they're all fine. But also is that kind of the po- like that was kind of what I thought. Like is that the point of this movie? Cuz that's like the lesson of it is that, you know, you're more than just your stereotype. So I think I feel like that was like a conscious choice by the director and, you know, John Hughes almost was to like make the uh, characters come off as just like stereotypical fucking lame. I mean, it's clear until that like that's they start they were going for. Yeah, definitely. But do you think like that actually succeeded and worked? I think we can argue about it, like because here's the thing is like. I don't like a movie that's about bucking stereotypes where the end of it is the hot girl gives the crazy girl a makeover and then she becomes hot. And that's kind of the problem. And then she gets a jock boyfriend. Like, yes, riddle me anything more stereotypical than that in the fucking world. I mean, like, that's kind of the problem with this movie is that there's like very deep moments to it and then just like very glaring fucking, I guess, problems that, you know, a lot can be probably, uh, 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 you know, just excused because it's the fucking 80s and, like, shit's kind of dumb then to a certain degree. But, like, it just makes it, like, yeah, a little more disappointing because it hits all these high notes. Like, I really love that the, the way that they developed Anthony Michael Hall's character and uh, even even Bender, like, really fucking reminded me of uh, some of the people that I knew in high school. Uh, it's, even the student-athlete kid I thought yeah. was very relatable. So it just makes, like, all the fucking issues with this movie stand out even more so. Uh, you know, like the fucking relationship between Molly Ringwald and Bender through the movie is pretty fucked. Um, and then also just like the complete lack of development on Ali Sheedy's character is just like, why did you do that? Did you just yeah. like run out of time? I mean, that's the thing is like, I'm kind of sick of excusing people from the past for being dumb. It's like they clearly were smart enough to realize that people aren't their stereotypes. Yeah. So it's like, at what point? Like, how do you not realize that you're treating people like stereotypes? And that's kind of like that was the biggest thing, because like unless it was I mean, and it was, I think, a conscious choice for like the character arcs of this movie. But there are definitely like unconscious, I think, you know, definitely just stereotypes and tropes and lazy writing that slip into there. And it's tough to like walk that line purposely when you're falling into fucking traps unintentionally. Yeah. That's fair. Like, uh, you know, culture was different and shit, but it's like it it just seems to me that if you make the conscious choice to buck stereotypes, you do it with everyone. Like, it doesn't make sense. No, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And that's like, I would say the biggest downfall of this movie and like 
every John Hughes movie. It's just so funny to see the world in this way where you're like, everybody who's like me is complicated, and girls... They're being girls. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) It's so insane to, like, live your life thinking that, like, girls are different. And what I don't like about these older movies is you can kind of tell that they treat the group, especially this movie, you can tell they treat the group of guys and the group of girls as separate groups. Why would you do that? Well, yeah. I mean, well, especially because, like. Like, they're all just a fucking guy. Yeah, and I mean, well, I mean, maybe that's, like, a natural thing. You kind of, but even, I don't know if it is, because I just like hanging out with people with similar sensibilities to me, whether they're a guy or a girl. I mean, maybe I might drift towards guys just because, like, they're easier to fucking talk to in the moment, or at least a version of myself. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. I don't know. It feels like when they were writing this movie, they were like, okay, what's going to happen to the guy characters? And then they were like, okay, what's going to happen to the girl characters? You're right. You're right. Because, I mean, it definitely is a little, I mean, you can tell that a man directed this movie. I don't want to say the word gender roles, but, I like, it's very, like, I don't know. It just seems like, I don't know. Maybe it's just this is a dumbass 80s criticism. But I, they really were fucking, like, they had, like, a path. Like, they were trying to be, like, oh, be yourself. But also, this is, like, in this... They were like, be yourself on this one road that we said you can drive on, you know? Yeah. It's like, they're like, drive as fast as you want, but only on the Autobahn. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I think it's just kind of weird because, I mean, like, the point... Yeah, because, like, the point of the, uh, you know, Bender and uh, Anthony Michael Hall and fucking Emilio Estevez's character arcs is that, like, it's okay to just be who you are and, you know, be yourself. That's fine. But with Ali Sheedy, it's to fucking, you know, change everything about you. And then for Molly Ringwald, it's, you know, to date this guy who was mean to you the whole time. Yeah, who also assaulted you in the library. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. I mean, like, that was kind of fucked. And, like, that way that everybody just covered for him was weird. Uh, it was also interesting. I read um, a really good article uh, you, you might actually enjoy. It was written by Molly Ringwald uh, for, I think it was like the New York Times or something, but it was like an essay she did. Uh, the failing New York Times. Yeah, the the uh, state-sponsored propaganda paper. Yeah. Um, but she was uh, doing an essay about like what it was like watching this movie. Like, you know, I think she, it, it was written in like 2012 or something. What it was like watching that movie then uh, with like her daughter and uh yeah no she was talking about like how fucked that scene specifically was and then also talked about how like there were way more scenes that she wanted like that she actually got like edited out of the script uh there was one where like uh the the main teacher was supposed to be like just kind of perving at some students like in their in the class swimming pool yeah i mean the band teacher at my high school did that for the whole he's still doing that. i mean totally but like that's just uh, it's a very it's kind of a symptom of the 80s and then molly ringwald was kind of trying to uh, i guess come to terms with like okay well what kind of guy is john hughes that he would like be able to write these like you know deep fucking pieces about what it's like to grow up and you know kind of the inner turmoil of a of a kid and like be able to capture that feeling like pretty accurately but and then also like just fucking dip off into these weird fucking awful you know stereotypes well, yeah. and these lazy uh writing that scene in the library is fucking 
like disgusting. I mean, it's disgusting. It's like, what? Why would you even? Why would you do in? that? Why it, are you covering for him after that? Why are you getting together with him after character? that? That's the thing. It serves no purpose. And like, was it supposed to be a joke at the time? Like, what the fuck was that? Like, it's it, like honestly, that that scene adds nothing to the movie. Yeah, it's there's no reason to have that. Like, even you know what I'm I'm saying is like even that teacher at the pool scene. Switch them. Sure, yeah. Switch those two scenes. It's a better movie. I mean, honestly, you're right. It would have been a better movie because then at least Bender would have been a little more sympathetic. It would have made a little more sense for them to get together at the end. But then even still, it wouldn't have made sense to get together at the end because, like, he just fucking shits on her the whole movie. And it's, like, not in, like, a way, like, it's not even in a roasting way. Like, he's shitting on her for doing something shitty. It's just, like, he's taking his own personal issues out on her. And, like, yeah. he calls her disgusting for putting on the lipstick, and then later on, the, like, cops being like, no, that was I, I thought that was cool, actually. Yeah, also, he's acting like he loves whores for the whole movie. It's like, well, then don't get mad when someone does something fucking awesome that a cool whore would do. Uh, uh, like, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, don't act like you're down with the sickness, and then as soon as somebody <laughs> puts on lipstick with no hands, you're like, God! Yeah. You know, I uh, mean, it's just like so fucking lame. And I really just hate that. Like they get together at the end. They I mean, I don't like they had chemistry, but it wasn't fucking like I didn't. I I was was not shipping them the whole movie. Why would it like I wish it was written so that they had chemistry. Sure. Like they it's like they almost have it in this movie. But then Bender keeps reverting to being like a huge like a. C word exactly. Or if if there was a scene where she was like, you know, I used to really like you or something. Like I used to have such a crush on you, but you're always such a fucking asshole. And then they just talk about that, and then you know, and they don't get together. Like that would be a really good scene, I think. Like these movies, these coming of age, older movies always feel a little disingenuous to me because it feels like they think like, it feels like they treat this like deeply and like think about it until it gets like uncomfortable that's exactly and it and they're just like you know what fucking same thing as always yeah i mean it's just like taking you know lazy ways and i mean maybe that was just trying to add in a little bit of comedic relief i mean you could argue that this movie is still trying to be a comedy on some level so they want to have like yeah, some jokes or whatever but then were different but it's like come on exactly come on even for the 80s fucking come on you know what i mean like exactly (laughs) and it just sucks because i mean like this movie does get to the root of some fucking issues that are tough to discuss and there weren't really any other movies dealing with it at the time yeah specifically like how hard it is to you know be a fucking teenager and whatever so like the fact that they're like taking these shitty ass fucking shortcuts when they didn't have to, when the movie would have only been better if they leaned into that discomfort, they just chose not to. Yeah, exa- like to me, it feels like Dead Poets Society a lot, where it's like a f- a movie about feelings for guys, but yeah. at least Dead Poets yes. Society had the gall to be like no women in the movie. Yeah, at all. boys only. You know what I mean? <laughs> because that's like lame, but it's also like. This feels lamer. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't like the writer was trying or the writer director of the movie was like trying to, you know, write women when he had no understanding of women. It was like he was at least sticking to what he knew. But whereas in this movie, it's like, yeah, you're right. Molly Ringwald and Ali Sheedy are severely underdeveloped characters. And even when he's like trying to uh, uh, write Molly Ringwald, uh, you know, when she's like, I guess they're having like the big um, heart to heart scene kind of at the end of the movie. Yeah. 
And she's just talking about like how everybody at school loves her so much and everyone looks up to her. It's like, man, this really fucking reeks of a guy who was deeply unpopular trying to write as a popular girl. Like this doesn't seem how people think. That's a good point. It seems like he it seems like the writer hates her. Yeah, to a certain degree. It sounds like he doesn't have as much respect for her as he does for the other male characters in the movie, honestly. Sh- there's, like, a one, like, short line in that heart-to-heart where she's, like, ex- she's like tr- explaining. She's, like, you don't know how hard it is to, like, be around the people I'm around and what kind of yeah, yeah. pressure is on me all the time. That would be an interesting thing to actually discuss instead of just writing it off like bullshit, like the way the characters do. Yeah. You know I mean? Because I remember seeing that. I totally. was never involved in it. You know, I was getting put in garbage cans and shit, but kissing people's shoes in the hallway. But, um, like, I remember seeing people, like, obviously not wanting to do the things they're doing and then just bullying someone because their friends were or whatever you know yeah it's a he should have looked into the psychology of being hot instead of being like fuck you if you're hot yeah exactly and i mean like there were certain because and that's the other thing too is like there were certain interesting things she said like i really liked the part where anthony michael hall was like uh hey are we gonna be friends after this and she was like probably not yeah that was interesting as hell it would have been cool to like expound on it you know but instead they're just like you're a fake bitch and it's like well the yeah what she said about everybody else not doing it too was right but like i wish it wasn't just because i mean like the people were also right like that's a shitty way to be but I guess for me, I feel like the meat of that scene shouldn't have been them all dogpiling on her and explaining why she's a bitch. It should have been like her explaining why that's the way it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, also, the other thing is like the hot jock guy got to like delve into his fake problems of always having to win all the time. Yeah. And it's like, uh, why didn't they treat the hot girl with the same like res- like? That's you know what I mean? the like, thing. Your dad telling you you have to win a sport. I mean, I'm going to hit you. You know what I mean? Look, like, but that's I can also see how that my would dad be. told me that shit, too. And he told me other shit all the time. Also, that wasn't if that's your only problem, bro. I don't know. You're you got it less hard than a beautiful woman. I, I mean, think. I'm going to say you're right most of the time because um, I always had a tough time, like identifying with the problems of student athletes. But, you know, recently on fucking uh instagram i saw this guy he posted a video uh of his dad like just yelling at him after a football game it was like in the car he was secretly recording and his dad was just going off about how he had to you know pick up the pass run 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 all you know all this shit and it's like oh that's like how my mom talked to me about math yeah and it would bring me to tears i'll tell you this a good 60 five percent of all sports dads do that after every game yeah but so i mean i get how that could affect you i I can see how that would fuck with you my point is like if you're going to like not trivialize this thing you can't trivialize the exact analogous thing on the other side no you're absolutely right about that and they did do that to a degree it really felt like a missed opportunity to not delve into that yeah um but yeah no that's man the the problems of student athletes are simultaneously like I really sympathize and then also they're very funny to me. Yeah. I there was a post going around <laughs> that like uh a bunch of like old student athletes at, from my high school who are now like not anymore were sharing about like 
people don't get you ready for what it's like to be an ex-student athlete and it's like there there was a list of things that were hard and it was like well, top be- of the list was that nobody tells you you've done a good job anymore <laughs> and then they're also just like yeah, yeah and my relationship with food is fucked and it's like okay one of those is, is a problem yeah that's the f- other one is kind of on you that's fucking sad but you know what it is like and i feel fine saying this because you know whatever suck my nuts is why i feel fine saying it but because (laughs) nobody ever told a student athlete who was above a certain level of talent that they were going to fail that's true that's completely true i went to hockey school bro all the best kids it was they got like a different program than we they were like nhl kids over there all the other kids who have to go to university over here you know what i mean so it's like yeah, maybe if someone had been honest with you for a fucking second, you wouldn't have all these problems. But instead, we all suck you off because you're the student athlete who's I mean, hot. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's um, been uh, so honestly gratifying to watch all those people crash after high school. day of my life was in grade six. I think I already told you about this. On the recess field, right? We were out there. All the hockey guys, we were talking. Oh, I love playing sports i'm the best i'm the next Sidney crosby my friend ryan he said brad i need to talk to you for a second and then he proceeded to tell me that i fucking sucked at hockey i would (laughs) never go pro i would never be in the nhl and i would also never be in double a it was hard to hear. <laughs> I would also never be. <laughs> Listen, and I'm not going to tell you that's easy to hear, right? Whatever. It might have been mean. Not and- only are you not going to be the best, you're not even going to be the most medium hockey player out Listen, there. <laughs> it could have been. You know what? You uh, could, whatever. It, that Maybe it was mean. But that freed me up to focus on other shit. You know what's not fucked now? My relationship with food. (laughs) You know what's not fucked? My ability to think I did a good job. You know? Yeah. I didn't have a coach for 30 years. Yeah, man. Maybe that would fuck you up. Just having a guy telling you what to do. And then one day you fuck your knee and then he's like not there to tell you what to do anymore. Exactly. So I don't know. Maybe like you shouldn't like buy into your own hype and then you wouldn't be sad when you realize it was all fake. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. But imagine like somebody hyping you up for 10 plus years. Yeah. Imagine the dance. Like that's a good point, but it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Someone should tell them. Yeah, no, totally. And then it's like, you have to watch these people like get trapped at a third rate Catholic like university just because they wanted to keep playing hockey yeah to like not let the dream die dude. yeah it's it's a, it's not setting people up for a very good life that's the whole point about perspective again i think yeah you're right but like uh, maybe i'm wrong no i i think that you are it's just like how do, how do you balance like giving people that perspective versus uh dumping on kids well it's the thing you said earlier like the way that I mean, I think comedians have said this before, but like the way that we teach kids that like the world is your oyster and you can do anything and it's all going to be good. Like we we should really just teach kids that it is hopping from tragedy to tragedy and trying to collect some shiny stuff while you're at it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like we got to stop instilling so much like hope in kids. And I think we also have to stop fearing the suicide rate. If we, we should explain (laughs) to kids what it is the world actually is. And if they want to die, let them die. 
Yeah, they was, were going to hold us back anyways. Nobody asked them if they wanted to be born, man. Exactly. Give them the facts, let them handle it. Let them make their own decision. Give them a little booth they can go in. You know, like how they have vaccination day, have a suey day, yeah. a suicide day at fucking work or at school where all Everybody the sad says kids- you play the cards you're dealt right well you got to tell me which cards i have maybe i should fold yeah. sometimes that's the best move you can make stop fucking <laughs> making the number a mirage you know what i mean <laughs> tell me if it's a five or a nine man another another uh theme in this movie that goes back to a lot of other 80s movies we've seen is uh why was it so easy to smoke weed back then yes one theory that i thought of that i don't think i've proposed to you before is what did their weed all suck is it like they would smoke weed and then the teacher would be like was somebody burning a leaf in here what 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 is that probably right because nobody was chill back then so obviously their weed wasn't loud um but also i think uh, i was watching this interview with the guy who did raw papers yeah and he was talking about how the reason blunts were invented was because in the 60s weed was so gross that it would like make you puke if you tasted it so you had to mix it with something else that would make it untaste like that how old was that guy though old enough to have smoked weed in the 60s 70s yeah dude that guy's like fucking i don't know he's like why are you putting me on the spot? I don't know how to estimate men's ages. What was his age, he Brad? He had wrinkles on his face. What year was he born? Wrinkles on his face, and he still had the haircut that, like, hair metal guys had. You know, long and curly. Yeah, okay, frizzy. that's pretty old. That's old. That's old. Yeah, so anyway. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's either weed was shitty or everybody's nose was already so plugged up with the cigarettes they were all smoking that they couldn't tell what weed That's was. true, because John Banner was switching out between darts and joints through that movie. Yeah, and one thing I've learned from going through check stops is as soon as you see the lights, you start smoking a cigarette. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's how I got through my check stop that I had a... But I've learned that from other people, not my experience. Of course not. My no. family's been listening to this podcast. Yeah, I think so has my family. Hmm. So I'm Albert fine with... is good. I love my dad's company. Imperialism is good. I hate Iraq. Chilling? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Afghanistan. <laughs> I always thought it looked fucked up over there. I, thought, I always have been thinking, we need to go over there, we oh, need to man. unfuck it up. Let's do a new map of Afghanistan. <laughs> Let's divvy it all up differently. Yeah, I've always hated uh, the shapes of all the countries <laughs> in the Middle East. I've always thought it could have been organized. Better. This could have been much more aesthetic. Me and Lawrence of Arabia were texting before this <laughs> podcast, and he told me his idea, and I said, listen, wh- why don't we just do squares? <laughs> why don't we make it real simple? We just do it. What if we make it 70 different countries? Everybody's always like, oh, two-state solution. What about 70 states? Here's what I pitched to you. 70 states, all the shape of Saskatchewan. Yes. What if we make it, we call them planets? What if we expand it instead of shrinking it? (laughs) (laughs) What if we call them big, huge, giant planets? Blow it up even more a little bit. We call them them all suns. (laughs) Instead of a two-state solution, it's a 1,000 sun solution. (laughs) 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 The solution of a 1,000 suns. (laughs) All right, that's probably, uh, you probably can't say any of that. Yeah. Oh, hey. I uh, leave that in, though. Yeah, that was funny. You, you know another thing that really fucking dated this movie? Hmm. 
Um, <laughs> when Anthony Michael Hall during the confession sequence, and he's like, uh, and uh, you know, I got my F in shop class, so I I I, I brought a gun to school. Yeah, that was. And awesome. then they're like, "What was the gun for, Michael?" <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I loved is that like the gun goes off in his locker. It was just a flare gun, and then he gets sent to detention. Yeah, what an '80s way to handle that. Insane. A kid brings a gun to his a gun to school. Obviously, he's mentally unstable. I don't think Columbine hasn't happened yet, so that's not on their radar. Mental illness isn't real. It would be fine. I just, I just genuinely love that the reaction to that is like detention. You should have. What are you stupid? Bringing a gun? <laughs> you know this. You're not allowed to have this at school. Yeah. Why is every like conservative old man obsessed with the punishment fitting the crime? But exactly. then like this guy just gets detention for bringing a gun. Yeah. To it's school? the same. It's the same punishment as if I wore a hat at school. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. He's like, why are you here? Oh, I brought a gun to class. And then they ask um, the girl why she's here. And she's like, yeah, I had nothing better to do on a Saturday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like both of these are kind of fucked reasons to be. <laughs> Neither of you should be here, actually. <laughs> but I had to watch that scene twice because at first what I thought he was going to like, I thought he was saying that he brought a gun to school to kill the teacher who gave him an F. Man, me too. I thought I thought because he was like, there was only one way to handle that. Yeah. And I'm like, was it kill? all your classmates and your teacher and then yourself uh, yeah and it's oh i guess i guess the news has affected me it's funny it's weird to me that like okay so the bit is like what did this predict and you know what did movies say was going to start happening or whatever yeah. but then it's like it's insane to me how many guns got brought to school in movies before school shootings started oh yeah class in 1984 classic gun gun at school movie so here's my question: Is Red Dawn gun at school movie? Were school shootings always happening, or did they just like pick up on something in the culture? That's a really good question. I wonder. One is upsetting. Let me Google when the first school shooting was. When was the first school shooting? Hey, sad Siri. Oh nope. The first, the earliest known school shooting was July twenty sixth, seventeen sixty four. Oh. <laughs> in america obviously yeah isn't that like right after the they uh became america too yeah what is it about america that's just like didn't they become a country in 1763 probably and they're like what better way to ring in ring in when the was inauguration the fucking declaration of independence big siri now that i'm free let me shoot up my fucking school <laughs> Yeah, that's nuts, dude. So, also, could you imagine shooting up a school with a musket? Why does everybody think the first one happened in 92 or whatever then? Well, I guess because that weird. was like the first. I, that was probably, I mean, unless there was like as was many school the first shootings. automatic weapon one or something. I don't think it was because they didn't have automatic. We- they had semi-automatic weapons in Columbine. Oh. But like, I think, I don't know. I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe mass shootings were always a thing, but like, I think school shootings specifically became a thing after Colin, or at least that was when they got really popular. I think partly because of like the news coverage. Hmm. Do you think it's like, do you think it's because of like the culture that it's started happening more? Because if it's been happening forever, is that just like, you think it's just going to fucking keep happening? You think that's just how we are as people? Yeah. You think kids just have an urge? I don't know. I mean, like, I think a part of it is, um, 
uh, ha- ha- the way that uh, school shooters are treated afterwards. Like they're on a, uh, until recently, like they're kind of or school shooters and serial killers and a lot of mass murderers were kind of revered to a certain extent. Were they? I mean, like they at least uh, they they got fame. They were famous. They were that's uh, true. Objectively famous people. Like, I mean, like, after Columbine happened, that was all everyone was talking about for a while. After a lot of different school shootings happened, people were just, like, talking about that guy and, you know, doing deep dives into them. So I think part of it is, like, you're a guy who is angry at the world and is miserable. And, you know, there's this thing that's, like, in the news all the time that you're always kind of reading about, you're always hearing about. So I think already that kind of plants a seed in your mind. I think that's what snowballed it, honestly. I think that is what snowballed it. And then there's also, like, that desire for notoriety. Like, if you're a fucking... I think at at a certain level, everybody kind of craves some sort of recognition for just, like, being fucking, you know, a person. Um, And if, if you feel like you're a nobody who's just, like, wasting away, a great way to get that without having to do any like actual work or like being a good person is just to fucking kill a lot of people. You'll get on the news and everyone's going to know your name. Well, yeah, you're right. I agree. I think this is the fucking perspective thing again, though, because you live in this weird ass echo chamber of like everybody calling you stupid. And then you go home and look at the news and they're like, this guy had everyone calling him stupid. So he brought a big fucking gun to school. And it's like you get caught in this like weird like never ending cycle of angst and you don't realize that it's like you're fucking 17 dude yeah you're 17 years you got other shit to like for the rest of your life exactly. you got shit to do you know so i don't know whatever we need to start bullying kids but with life instead of bullies <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i think kids should have to start paying taxes immediately cuz you read old russian books and it's like these kids had such a bad life that by 11, they'd be in the street just forsaking God. Yes. And it, that's how you get, like, stable. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know anybody who has never forsaken God before, who has never cursed God and actively tried to, you know, do something. That's, like, not... Everybody has to do that before they become a healthy person. Yeah. You can't just, like, jump from being ignorant about the world and happy to, like, still being happy. I do think, like, there's something to be said about, like, uh, like, like how how easy your life is versus how easy it is for you to snap on the, uh, the slightest inconvenience. I think the easier your life is, the easier you snap. Really? I think it's the opposite. Really? I mean, I don't know. It's, like, the more shit I have going on, the more, like, the closer I'm always to snapping. But that also might be now that I have, like, a barometer barometer for what shit actually is. Yeah. But I feel like you're talking about, like, the stress version of... I mean, I am definitely talking about the stress version. snapping in the sense of, like, yelling at someone who doesn't deserve it instead of... Well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about school shootings, like we were just talking about. (laughs) I'm talking about being the Joker. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... um, yeah, no, you're it's right. It's just easier to do something like, uh, I don't know. Well, I think then it, it's easier to do something like that when you don't really understand what exactly your actions entail. You know, like yeah. it's easier to it's easier to think like, oh, this is the only way to take these crazy extreme actions when you haven't even taken any not extreme actions before to try and stop this. 
Yeah, that's the funniest thing, hey? Like, in high school, I was ready to swallow a bottle of Zoloft. I, haven't even, I hadn't even considered meditation. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it for me, too. I was always like, oh, well, if this doesn't work out, I can just kill myself instead of, like, you know, just going to therapy or, like, yeah, maybe changing fucking, who I hang out with. Or, get a routine going. Yeah, you know getting I mean? more sunlight. Like, you don't realize, like, how much fucking... We've talked about it before, but making your bed fucking changes a lot for you, man. Yeah, it's stupid that it took me till, like, last year to learn the, all this shit. It's insane. Yeah. But, I, I mean, know. like... And, and I can totally get, like, just being a high schooler. And if you're just dealing with that kind of shit and, like, you have nobody taking your problem seriously or, like, a way to, I guess, cope with that, I can totally see how it would build up into yeah. that type of thing. And that's... The other thing is, like, I remember being that age and, like, feeling all the insane feelings and shit. And then people would just tell you, like, oh, just make your bed. Oh, just get a routine going. And I'd be like, are you fucking insane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> do you even know what I'm dealing with right <laughs> yeah. now? Yeah. But I think that's because I had no perspective. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of the thing is, like, how, 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 do, you, how do you, like, meet in the middle yeah. with two people like that? How does the person who's like, oh, no, like, seriously, if you just get some more sunlight and make your bed, like, it's not going to fix all your problems, but, like, it's going to put you in a much better place to deal with the problems that you actually do need to deal with. Yeah, that's the thing is like I thought people were telling me it would fix everything, but really it just like puts you in a place where you don't need everything fixed cuz yeah. you have the will to Exactly. Go do something. You can actually fucking handle your shit at that point. Yeah. And maybe that's what people don't don't tell you cuz like my I, I remember like going to my dad and being like, "Hey, I think I'm going to kill myself." And he was just like, "Oh, you should start working out." And it's like that's insane. But also, like, he was right. He just didn't have yeah. to phrase it in that, you know, simply <laughs> of a way. Like, because that, that's what makes it sound insane. Well, because people write it off, right? Exactly. You're, you're a kid and you go, I'm going to kill myself. Every adult's like, yeah, sure. You're also going to jump the fucking Golden Gate Bridge, aren't you, Evil Knievel? Yeah, you know? I remember when I was going to run away from home as a kid. Yeah, nobody ever, like, thinks you're not doing a bit. Yeah, so exactly. That's probably part of it, too. Yeah, maybe I should have tried. Yeah, it turns out. What we're realizing, it's hard to be a kid. I th I still think it's easy. Yeah, there's. <laughs> if you're in high school, you're a bitch, dude. Yeah, that's one thing. <laughs> that's one thing about every high schooler is that your problems aren't valid. Yeah, if you're uh, I know school, what we've up. said. Yeah, despite what we've been saying for the last hour and a half. Can I go pee or? Uh, yeah, let's go go pee and then let's wrap this bad boy up. It's with how you've oh, obtained absolutely, money. Absolutely, brother. Yeah, definitely. But also, it's free. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, did you know that this movie is also an allegory for the song I'm Back by Eminem off the Slim Shady LP? I've never been an Eminem fan, so explain that to me. Well, you know when um, the bender, he, he goes, hey, can you hear my middle finger? Oh, let me turn it up for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, Slim Shady on the song I'm Back on that LP. He goes, you hear this finger? Oh, it's upside down. Let me turn this motherfucker up right now. So what do you think, Slim Shady is a thief? I think this movie taught Haley Mathers' parents a really cool way to flip people off. That's such a funny way to refer to Eminem as <laughs> Haley's dad. <laughs> I, know, I just think that's awesome that Eminem does a bit from The Breakfast Club in one of his songs, and then everybody was like, oh no, he's the edgiest rapper in the world. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's a good bit. Um, also... You know, anyone who says that about Eminem has never listened to Silk Money. That's true. Um, so what did you think of this movie overall? Is it, wor is this it worth... This movie really pumps my nads. 
Is that does does that mean you liked it or no? I will not elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't like. I feel like I don't like it more than I like it, but I do like some of it. Like yeah. my big assessment in my notes here, which is not very helpful to me right now, is this movie sucks, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's got a little bit of stuff about, you know, being yourself, overcoming shit. I find it really hard to look past the, the two uh, girls. I think, yes, I think that stuff definitely sucked. But part of me wonders, like, did I feel like that because, like, I'm also watching this with the intention of, like, f- noticing some things that might be off? Or, like, because, like, the, when I first watched this movie, maybe that stuff registered, but it also, like was substantially drowned out by like how much I related to Anthony Michael Hall's character and like the, you know, dealing with all the pressure of parents and shit. Um, and you know, like how it was also kind of a little eye opening to be like, okay, yeah, everybody also does have shit going on. So like, that's kind of, I think the thing with this movie is that there definitely is glaring, glaring faults and shortcomings, especially if you're watching this, um, you know, now, but that being said, I totally get why people, um, you know, relate to this movie so much and, like, why it's so uh, culturally important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think um, I like the premise and I like the – I guess I like the philosophy of it, I guess. But um, I don't know. I also don't feel like I'm being nitpicky when I say it's lame as fuck that the craziest character just gets a makeover and then is fine. No, you're not at all being nitpicky about that. And I mean, like, I hope even that, like a kid would see that and be like, okay, I don't know about that lesson, but I do like these other lessons. I do like these other points on that. And I see your point about like, maybe it's just because I was looking for something to uh, point out, but I don't know, man, it hit hit me pretty fucking hard. And I was only half watching. I hear you. But like, did you ever watch this movie in high school? Yes. Did did all that stuff jump out at you then? Or, like, did anything jump out at you then when you saw it? Like, did you relate to the characters at all? Or did you think that... I can't really remember, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sure that I didn't. Like, I, <laughs> I think I'd, it'd be pretty fucking blatant of me to say that I did notice that in high school. Yeah. But also, it's like, um, you know... I again, I hate to say the same word 500 times an episode. It's the perspective thing again. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the boys because I was a boy, which is what the director did too, you know? Totally, totally. People realized that everyone is you instead of thinking that like, you know, we're all divided based on whatever random shit. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of the weird thing about this movie is that I do think it had a really good lesson. Uh, or at least intended lesson, but it also had a bunch of other shit that, like, was objectively bad about it, and, like, things that, like, they just glaringly obvious faults that they could have fixed, and the fact that, like, he did all these other, like, communicated all these other very complicated emotions very, very effectively is kind of like, okay, well, why couldn't you, you know, why couldn't these female characters be, you know, a little more dimensional? Why couldn't... Yeah. I also don't like how they treated the janitor in this movie, because, like... Why was the janitor on the kids' team when the whole movie the kids are just like making his job harder? Like the like scene three, he pisses on the floor of the library. Yeah, the janitor's like, I'll go distract the teacher for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think the janitor also just saw how fucked uh, the teacher was. 
Because he was also, like, giving some pretty good advice to him, like, where the teacher was just like... You've had a job before, you know? Yeah, totally. And if anybody even makes it the eensiest bit harder, I go crazy on them. Yeah, so it's like if you were... Like, I feel like if I was a janitor at a school, like, you know, obviously everybody's like, fuck teachers, you know, they're fucking nerds, but... I also think I would be like, fuck students. You're probably right, but I feel like there has to be some sort of like weird Zen state you have to reach where you're a janitor, where you, or especially at a janitor at a high school, where you have to accept, like, okay, I'm cleaning up after these shitheads, and they're never going to appreciate it until, you know, 10 years after they graduate, and even then, only some of them will appreciate it. Yeah, that must suck, eh? That's probably the hardest part about being like a teacher and working in a school at all, is like just nobody appreciates you. Yeah, but also like maybe uh, it's a wake up call. Maybe, yeah, maybe you should stop ask. Being the fucking propaganda maybe you should guy. ask why nobody appreciates you, huh? <laughs> why you're so shitty? No one likes you. Maybe stop calling them school. Uh, no, maybe. Yeah, never mind. I was thinking about something else that I was thinking about the other day. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fuck the government. Anything else? Um, yeah, check out Molly Ringwald's article about this movie. It was genuinely, like, really, really good. She also has an episode on This American Life uh, talking about the article. So, honestly, if you, yeah, check that out, because it really elaborates on a lot of the points, but from a much more firsthand perspective, and one who actually, like, confronted John Hughes about some of these issues, too. So, yeah. it's fucking tight. Read that. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Keen underscore Beatty. Yeah, YPWT pod. Don't follow me. I'm not doing well. I'm taking a little break from the socials. But here's the other thing is thank you to Comedy Here Often for bringing us this show. And also... More importantly, thank you for bringing us these ads. Yeah. And also thank you to the company. I was joking when I said fuck the company earlier. We love the company. We love all companies. Je t'aime me amour, the company. A-C-A-B. All companies are best. uh yeah that's it hey message us if you have any ideas for movies